Hello there, everybody. Welcome, Welcome to Jewish. To Jewish. Hello there, everybody. It's Independence Day. No kidding. Yes. No more Britain. July 4th, 2020. Woo-woo. Well, we're doing our own thing. We're doing oppression our own way. Yes. We got lives. We got news. The country, we got stories the of the Jewish and non-Jews. All the sports and entertainment you could wish. We're the we're always, the always entertainment. Jewish. Entertainment? Irritating. Irritating. Jewish-ish? I was, I was... And we're never more irritating than when it's time for the weekly Shabbat Shindig! There we go. How long were you going to make me hold that? I wanted to see if you'd pass out. There are plenty of opportunities for me to pass out on this podcast, but uh, today on Shabbat Shindig we'll have our usual weekly features. A special Independence Day edition of This Day in Jewish History. Today's big birthdays. Updates on some of this week's biggest stories. And our enormously popular feature, quote, How many Jews? End quote. A lot of people think the big fourth, July 4th for American history was in 1776. But they are forgetting that on this date in 1584, Sir Walter Raleigh arrived on Roanoke Island, where he established, however briefly, the first English colony in the Americas. And he had with him Joachim Gans. Joachim. Oh, Joachim Gans. I kind of like Joachim. Okay, whatever you put Joachim Gans, who thus became the first Jew in North America. What a title. Gons was from Prague, a metallurgical capital, and he was himself a metallurgist who had been admitted to England because the English needed help building cannons. Raleigh brought him along to help him find and identify gold, and that didn't work and they didn't stick around long. And after Gons got back to England and tutored people in Hebrew for a while, he was accused of blasphemy, and no one knows what became of him. But he became the first Jew on this continent on this date in 1584. Okay, on this date in 1776, the other thing happened. But listen to this. The British intercepted a ship carrying a copy of the Declaration of Independence and found it with a corresponding document in Hebrew lettering, a translation of the Declaration of Independence into Yiddish or perhaps Ladino, a combination of Hebrew and Old Spanish. The British thought it was evidence of the colonists having a secret code, and they tried unsuccessfully to decipher it. I think that's great. On this date in 1788, various people, including Benjamin Franklin, reported seeing a Jewish rabbi walking arm-in-arm with two ministers in the Philadelphia Independence Day Parade. We talked last week about Jews who served in the Confederate Army during the Civil War. But on this date in 1863, General Frederick Charles Salomon, a Jewish native of Prussia who had settled in Wisconsin, led a victorious Union Brigade in the Battle of Helena, Arkansas. Good. On this date in 1903, Dorothy Levitt, born Elizabeth Levi, became the first woman to enter into an automobile race. She won. She would go on to hold both the world's first water speed record and the woman's world land speed record. On this date in 1918, Jewish twin sisters were born in Sioux City, Iowa, 
and named Esther Pauline Friedman and Pauline Esther Friedman. Okay. I guess that's what you do if you've picked out a girl's name and you're not expecting twins. Both girls became famous as newspaper advice columnists, but not under those names. Esther became famous as Ann Landers and Pauline as Abigail Van Buren, or Dear Abby. It happens that a lot of prominent Americans were born on this date in various years, including President Calvin Coolidge, author Nathaniel Hawthorne, and composer Stephen Foster, as well as Ron Kovic, Kovic whose book, Born on the Fourth of July, was important in calling attention to the circumstances of U.S. soldiers who had fought in the American War in Indochina. Kovic's book inspired Bruce Springsteen's song, Born in the USA. Springsteen wrote a foreword to a later edition of the book, which was made into a movie starring Tom Cruise, who was actually born on the 3rd of July. Kovic is 74. Here are some other celebrity birthdays. There are good ones and not so good ones. Here's a good one. Malia Obama is 22. Happy birthday, Malia. M Malia, yeah. Oh, and Malia. This, this, and this would have been the 82nd birthday of Bill Withers, oh, yeah. who passed away in March. But Post Malone is 25. And two prominent symbols of American criminal greed have birthdays today. Leona Helmsley and Michael Milken. <laughs> Boo! And returning to stories previously heard on Jewishish. We reported in moving detail Kanye West's moving still life tribute to his wife's earning her moving first billion dollars. You'll recall that it showed some vegetables lying on what looked yeah, like a sidewalk. Yeah, say it's not moving, it's still. Yeah, got it. This will come as a shock to our listeners, and it's certainly a shock to us. But not, not, all, not all of Yee's 29.3 million Did Twitter followers. Did you just followers. try to see Yee? Yeah, that's what he calls himself on I, Twitter. I, I know, but... I, I... Yeah. Not all of Yee's 29.3 million Twitter followers were deeply, deeply moved by his still life. In fact, a lot of them replied by posting images of vegetable arrangements of their own, also on concrete. Some of them are pretty obscene. You may not want to check those out. It could change your relation to carrots. I didn't need uh, to know that. Other replies seem more focused on whether it was appropriate to celebrate having earned a billion dollars when a lot of Americans are without jobs. A couple of those read, Read the room, idiot, and, bro, timing. There was one pretty good parody I saw of the text with which West accompanied, accompanied his still life. It concluded, quote, I love me so much. The question about whether or not people are going to wear masks keeps coming up for some reason. Well, Twitter offered an incentive to its users yesterday. As all Twitter users know, Twitter doesn't let you edit a post. If you decide you don't like what you've tweeted, you can delete it or live with it. That's it. Twitter user users have been complaining about that for a long time. Well, Twitter tweeted yesterday, you can have an edit button when everyone wears a mask. The post got 2 million likes in 12 hours. But probably it just means you can have an edit button when pigs fly, right? Because unfortunately it doesn't look like we're ever going to get to a time where everyone will wear a mask, at least not until the pigs fly out of the Oval Office. We've been reporting on various athletes and sport franchises' gestures in relation to social justice. The NBA and its players have agreed on a list of messages that players are allowed to display on their jerseys. These include Black Lives Matter, Say Their Names, Vote, and I can't breathe. But the list is pretty long. One of the options on it is group economics. Noted economist James Sirowicki expressed puzzlement about that one on Twitter. And I have to say that when I Googled it, nothing clearly explanatory came up. Do you know that phrase, no, group economics? No, I don't. Well, NBA players may be wearing it on the back of their jerseys. Yeah, okay. 
But finally, our most popular feature of all, the famous, the stupendous, the irritating, how, how many, many Jews, Jews. That was like a shofar. That yeah, I know. I was singing how many, 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 that was good. I like yeah, that. I had a, Tequila. I had a shofar pun today. Really? Yeah, I was, I was, I was, look, it was on Twitter or something. Someone said, man, this year, because of COVID, we're going to have to stand so far away from each other for uh, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Got it. Da -da. Regular listeners know that we've had... Regular listeners know that we've had a problem with the How Many Jews segment. Yeah, we're the ones My doing partner it. here guesses 111 every week, except in weeks when the answer is clearly 111, and then he guesses something else. So this week we have a very, very special guest. Golf correspondent Thucydides Johnson who will offer an answer of his own, thus doubling the chances of a correct answer. Thucydides, how are you today? I'm terrific today. Happy Fourth, gentlemen. Happy Fourth. Are you me. ready to play the stupendous, the fantastic, the phenomenal, the irritating, how many Jews? Excellent, good. All right. Because this week's question is very appropriate for a Shabbat Shindig. I have high hopes that things are going to get better this week. In fact, high hopes is kind of a pun in the context of this week's question. It turns out that the presidential, so uh, presidential election wasn't the most bizarre event of November 2016. During that month, the first ever Shabbat service to be celebrated on Mount Everest occurred. Jewish law was observed on the entire track up and down, including daily prayer and kosher food. There were 17 Jews in the group, 16 men and one woman. 17 is considered a lucky number since it spells the word tov, or good, in Hebrew numerical, numerical lettering. For how many Jews question today, how many Jews? we ask the inevitable question about any Jewish gathering. How many <laughs> of them are on the track? We're doctors. 111. Is the answer. 111. A. 111. All of them. 111. Plus a yak they saw near the bottom. 111. B. 111. 112. C. 6. 114. And D. 29,029. That one. You're guessing 29,000? I'm guessing 29,000. Out of 17. Out of 17. Yeah. Not 111. Thucydides, can you bring reason to this? Can you bring sense? Can you bring He can light? bring golf, but we don't need to sleep right now. So he defeated. got it. I feel so. I he feel got it so. Right. 
This I, is a monumentous occasion. I feel like... I feel like General Cornwallis losing to a bunch of, of, of colonists. You know, I feel Isn't like... I feel... I feel... I feel abject. I feel despair. Okay, so five. I did twelve. They had six... <laughs> Six doctors out of 17 people, that seems like a pretty good representation, but, but well, you, you guys went for the 111, numbers. and no, you no, went... No, no. 29,029 is the number of feet. That's the vertical ascent of, of Mount Everest. Well, no kidding. Yes, but I... These, I, these, were, these were Jews from Peru, I think. They, they did not have doctors. Hi. <laughs> Oi. Well, thank you, everybody. What, what do you, where's the manatee? Sorry, there's a point I had that one for sure. Where's Oi. the manatee? Um, oh, the, oh, the humanity. <laughs> where's the manatee? Oh, you're making all the puns. You, you, ridic- you ridicule my puns, and then you got to make manatee puns. I don't know what you're doing. Manatee puns are the only puns worth making. Well, thank you, Thucydides, for being on and for irritating my co-host with me. It's always a pleasure. That's one of the, you know, most entertaining things we can do on this podcast. I feel so defeated. You have a good fourth. I feel like Custer. And, uh, you know, thanks, everybody, for listening. I feel like the 1962 Mets. I feel like the 86 Red Sox in Game 6. The saxophone is so great on this because it clearly doesn't care about your abject misery. I know, it's just being cheerful. Well, thank you everybody very much. This has been a wonderful Shabbat. Thank you, Thucydides. We'll talk to you on Monday for the Monday. We're looking forward to napping. I mean, talking with you. And, uh, you know, without further ado, happy schmoozing, goodbye and good luck, you know. I'm gonna fade out and go somewhere and lie down. Yeah, you've been fading out for a while now. See ya, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hello there. <laughs> what? Oh, no. Goodbye. I love that. <laughs>